It is Monday, December 11th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A big win for the Cowboys. And a flag went against Patrick Mahomes. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dallas Cowboys dominate Philadelphia 33-13 win on Sunday night. The Bills beat the Chiefs 20-17 with a little controversy at the end. And Zach Wilson is back, baby. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? So much football to break down from Sunday, week 14 of the NFL season. And let's start with the last thing that we saw, AJ, which was Sunday night football. The Cowboys with a 33-13 win over the Philadelphia Eagles, a game that they controlled from start to finish. Yeah, this was a real statement game, it felt like, for the Dallas Cowboys. And there's, I mean, I don't even know if there's more questions right now about the Eagles offense or their defense, uh, because... The 13 points that the Eagles put up, seven of them came from the defense and then a couple field goals, and the the defense just looked overwhelmed all day. So this was this was really a, a game where you say, man, I don't think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East right now. To, to me, Dallas has taken that throne, uh, and really the game the game last night wasn't competitive. Like the the Eagles just, to me, don't look like one of the elite teams in the NFL right now. Well, they're certainly not playing like it. It's the first time in well over a year that Jalen Hurts has lost back-to-back games as both teams are now 10-3. and And what we saw last night is something that, you know, we've seen from the Philadelphia Eagles before. It's the inability to cover the middle of the field. I know that they, you know, had injuries in the secondary, but, you know, Jake Ferguson was open or often in that game. Five catches, 72 yards as they just continue to leave the middle of the field open. And despite A.J. Brown doing you know, having a big game, they just never were able to sustain anything offensively. Yeah, and you had a fumble by Hertz, fumble by Brown, uh, uh, a fumble. I mean, everybody, every key playmaker, Devontae Smith fumble. It was, they couldn't hold on to the football. And two of those fumbles came, like, basically going into the end zone. And Mm -hmm. you just can't afford those kinds of mistakes. Yep. Not against a team like the Cowboys. It's going to make you pay. And... So now we look at the teams. They're both 10 and 3. But the Cowboys are in first place now. It's only temporary, AJ. Because if you look at the way that the tiebreakers play out, if both teams win out for the remainder of their schedule, the Eagles will actually be in first place by virtue of the third tiebreaker. Because both teams will split the head-to-head. They'll both have identical one loss division records. Um, and then it goes back to the, the, the next tiebreaker, which the Eagles would have over the Dallas Cowboys. So even though it's a tough loss for the Eagles, they've dropped two straight games now to NFC contenders in the 49ers and the Cowboys. As long as they win out, they are the NFC East champions. And the listen, the the remaining schedule for the Eagles is very, very forgiving. Uh, you, you start next week with you're at Seattle, a team that's in 
like a free fall basically right now. Uh, you have you have your home and home left with the Giants, and you have the the Cardinals at home sandwiched in there. I mean, it, it it would shock me if the Eagles didn't win at least three of those, if not all four. So they're in a good position. Dallas, on the other hand, uh, it, we just saw the Eagles come out of their gauntlet run. Dallas is kind of going into it right now as they're at Buffalo, at Detroit or excuse me, at Miami, and then home to Detroit uh, before closing out the season at Washington. So, uh, it, I mean, if the Cowboys go 3-1, and one, we're going to be wowed, and we're going to be talking about the Cowboys as like a, a real Super Bowl contender at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would honestly be shocked if the Eagles don't win the division, which I think is huge because my brother texted me and asked me yesterday, he said, who can, who can beat the Cowboys in Dallas? And I said, I think only San Francisco. And so – it's very important, in my opinion, for the rest of the league to to not let the playoffs go through Dallas and to not let the playoffs go through San Francisco. Because I think which if if either of those two teams have home field throughout, they're winning. Well, um, it's gonna it, it's right now San Francisco has the upper track because they yep. beat both the Cowboys and the Eagles. So all San Francisco has to do is win out and they're your number one seed. And San Francisco's remaining schedule. Uh, probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, they, they're at. They still have at Cardinals and at Commanders on their schedule. Their home games are Ravens and the Rams, so those are those are tougher games. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race in the NFC. And I think what's fascinating about the NFC is, as of today, there are only five teams in the NFC that are above five hundred. That's now wild. the the Packers could join that group tomorrow. Well, six six teams because the Vikings are seven and six. Okay. Uh, did I miscount then? Oh no, no, no. I guess I guess the Bucks are in first place in the division. They're under yeah, they're six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. if the if the Packers win tonight, they would join that group. They would become seven and six. Mm-hmm. But right now it's Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, Lions, Vikings. That's it. Wow. Everybody else is six and six, six and seven, or worse. Uh so it's there's gonna be seven teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There there may be a, a sub five hundred playoff team. Uh, in the NFC this season, or we could actually have two. If the winner of the NFC, yeah. if the winner of the NFC South is under five hundred, and then that seventh seed is a team that's under five hundred, I mean, oh, could you imagine that? Uh, but let's talk about some other playoff implications. The Buffalo Bills fighting for their playoff lives got an important win yesterday over the Kansas City Chiefs. They improved to seven and six on the season. They're still the eleventh seed right now in the AFC, but their hopes are still alive. A 2017 win in Kansas City is, you know, you said it. Hey, regular season, the Bills are going to go in there and win a game. Playoffs, they they don't. But AJ, at the end of this game, Travis Kelsey makes one of the more incredible plays that you'll ever see by a football player. Okay, Deep connection down the field. He looks, he he knows that Darius Toney, his teammate, is there. He turns and fires it to him. They walk into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown that gets called back due to offensive offsides. Can we agree, while it would have been an incredible play, it also was an incredibly dumb play. Like, that's not smart football, what Travis Kelsey did. Like, so many things could have gone wrong there. It didn't. But so many things could have gone wrong in that situation. I mean, there was no defenders around him. So even if he like bounced it to him, you know? yeah, I mean, it's just it's you don't you don't expect to see that in a game so no. tight. You, like it's it just feels like a wild move. But 
uh, again, you mentioned the flag on the play, and I mean, it was it was egregious offsides. Like, I know, and, like, and Mahomes flipped out after the game. He's going crazy, and I understand that. Like, you want the play on the field to decide it, right? And I always get bothered by this. I know I rant in hockey all the time. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like a random guy was, you know, just a a fraction of a second over the blue line. They called him offsides. He didn't even touch the puck. He had nothing to do with the play. You know, it's like, all right, did that did, did him standing on the same line as the football cause them to score a touchdown on that play? No, it has nothing to do with the play whatsoever. However, AJ, if we're just going to, like, not enforce any rules, then what are we doing? We're in a lawless society here. Yeah, listen, like, I'm sure there's been interceptions that Patrick Mahomes has thrown in his life where somebody was offsides on the defense and probably had nothing to do with that interception. But guess what? It was still offsides on the defense. And, you know, the, the truth is referees have been calling that a lot more this season. It was only called twice last year. Once the year before, it's been called now 11 times this season. Uh, it's been a point of, of emphasis. And like I said, Kadarius Tony was not just lined up in the neutral zone. His foot was past the football, which yeah. means he had gone through the neutral zone onto Buffalo's side of the ball. And, and all you have to do is you turn and you check with the official every time, right? You point to let him know that you're on the line of scrimmage. And most of the time, the ref will just wave his hand and push you back a little bit. Yeah. And this is what Andy Reid was talking about at, and after the game was talking about. Usually they, they'll give you a warning. But what the ref doesn't do is yell across the field. Hey, you need to back up 19. No, like if the receiver looks at him and asks the you'll get the signal back, back a step, back two steps. And they'll be able to back up. But Kadarius Tony never looked over to the sideline. He was staring at the football the entire mm-hmm. time, the same football that he was lined up past. I don't know how he didn't realize that he was that far over the ball. I don't know how anybody else on. I, I don't know how the, the, the center doesn't look over and go, whoa, we need to back him up somehow. Like, I don't I don't understand how that can happen. But it, like I said, it wasn't like a, a the toe was in the neutral zone. Uh, he, he was impeding the ref like the ref on the side judge said he couldn't see the football mm-hmm. because Kadarius Tony was so far in front of it. I, I mean, that that's just that's wild. So it, it was certainly the proper call. And just like people said, and I had a couple Chiefs fans in on Twitter, reasonable Chiefs fans, I've got to say, who said, you know what, last year. There was a call in the Super Bowl that people said had no impact on the play. Mm-hmm. And we said, you've got to call it when it happens. And they won the Super Bowl on a call that you have to call when it happens. Even if it doesn't affect the play, you have to call penalties when they happen. This penalty happened. And Patrick Mahomes can flip out all he wants and say, you took away an all-time highlight. No, Kadarius Tony took away an all-time highlight. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame the, the officials, Andy Reid, for not giving a warning you need to coach your guys better on knowing where the freaking football is. It, it's not that hard there. Patrick Mahomes said this, this hasn't been called since elementary school. And it's because it almost never happens. Mm-hmm. These are professional wide receivers who learned back in peewee football. You don't line up on the football. So I, I don't, it's, it's, I guess it's easier to point fingers at the officials than it is to, you know, point them at Kadarius Tony, who's already had a rough season. Chiefs receivers in general have had a rough season, but it certainly falls on on the Chiefs. This was a, a mistake on their offense, and it cost their it cost their team the game. Two straight losses now for Kansas City. 
And don't look now. They are one game ahead of the Denver Broncos in the AFC Unreal. West. And yeah. they split the season series with the Broncos. So if you look at the standings now, let's look at the next tiebreaker in the AFC West, which would be divisional record. Well, Kansas City's three and one. The Broncos are three and two. So as long as Kansas City wins, they'll be okay. And then Kansas City has the next tiebreaker. So Chiefs, Chiefs should be okay, assuming they do not lose a divisional game, which would be against either the Raiders or the Chargers. I mean, they could lose another game, but as long as it's not a divisional game, they should be okay to win the division. Here's my thoughts, though. The behavior that we saw last night from Mahomes and what we've seen uh, from this team, I guess, it just feels like they're they're incredibly soft and they're a front-running team that when things go right, it's going to be great. But when adversity hits, it's a lot of a lot of finger pointing and a lot of complaining. And Mahomes' behavior last night was, I understand being fired up. I understand being mad at the refs. Man, that was childish. And it, it, it shows me that, and I could just be like, you know, going out on a limb here, but this team faces some adversity in the playoffs. They have to go on the road and play uh, somewhere, the hostile environment, and, and the, the calls are not going their way. I, I just, they're not a team I want to back, AJ. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird because it, fe- and I mean, part of it is Patrick Mahomes historically gets all the calls. And mm-hmm. it, when superstar when, treatment, yeah. And you know what? He's going to continue to get most of the calls, but you can't you can't throw a fit. You can't spike your helmet and get mad about the officiating the one time that a call, by the way, that was called properly goes against you. It, it, it is silly. Uh, I, I still think that this is, and mostly because of how good their defense is, I still think this is one of the top teams in, mm-hmm. in the AFC. Uh, in an AFC where I, I don't know how many teams I think can truly win the AFC, I still. Well, I'll count- tell you right. I'll tell you right now, AJ. The Buffalo Bills are the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Nobody wants the Bills in the playoffs. If, they, if the Bills get into the playoffs, they could go to anywhere and win a football game. They can yeah. go to Kansas City. We just saw it. They can go to Miami. They can go to Baltimore. They can go to Jacksonville. It doesn't matter where the Buffalo Bills can win in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. But they they still have an uphill battle to get into the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. and it starts with a, a tough game next week hosting the Cowboys. But I, I agree with you. The, the Bills are definitely a scary team, and they're a team that's they're better than their record says they are. Uh, but because their record is what it is, they've got to find a way to get in the playoffs. And that it might take t- winning 10 games to get in the playoffs, which means they've got to win three of the last four, which means they need to, to win against Dallas or they need to win at Miami. They need to win mm-hmm. at the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You can't lose to the Chargers or the Patriots. Those, that, those aren't optional. Uh, but they, they, I think they have to split the games between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. I mean, there's still technically a path for the, the Bills to win the division if Miami uh, struggles some, but I, I, I don't think that's realistic. But I'm with you. Their game travels. And you saw in this Chiefs game, they, they decided, you know what, we're, we're going to run the football on these guys. And this wasn't like a, a, a – Josh Allen made a couple brilliant throws and a couple big throws on, on third downs that really kept drives going. But – this was a run-heavy game plan. It, it, the Bills running the ball almost 30 times just doesn't happen. Now, mm-hmm. 10 of those rushes came from Josh Allen, uh, but you got a really healthy dose of James Cook early in the game. Um, there was a lot of the a lot of the passing game was just dump-offs to Cook or Dawson Knox and just letting those guys make something happen. 
Uh, one of the biggest plays of the game was the pass to Latavius Murray out of the backfield that got fumbled and then went out of bounds. But, I mean, the, the Bills said they didn't really do anything down the field all night. Stephon Diggs was almost a ghost in this game. Um, and it's when you when you show versatility like that, you, you, that's what let what what makes me agree with you that they can go anywhere and win because their game. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The, the Bills, even though they don't have a traditional running game, if they have to get into a grimy, you know, ground and pound game, they can still do it. The Broncos with a 24-7 win over the Chargers. The biggest takeaway from this game is Justin Herbert with the fractured finger. And now the Chargers have a short week, AJ, where they will play on Thursday night at the Raiders. And for a guy that plays every single game, I don't know if we see Justin Herbert in this one. I don't know what the point of playing Justin Herbert would be at this point. I, I mean, they're 5-8. and eight. They, their remaining games include games with the Bills and the Chiefs. The chances are good you're going to be a, a 10-loss team. What's, what's, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs, so what's the point of beating the Raiders? So, you know, it's, or like, it's, it's the head coach wanting to keep his job. The, the head coach isn't keeping his job. Wanting to win job. football games. The, the, if the head coach wanted to keep his job, he should have thought about that like six weeks ago and won some games then because I think that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. They've lost four out of five games. The game that they won, they won six to zero. Uh, it's, this, is, this is a disaster right now for the Chargers. Like the, the idea that they have this quarterback and have been able to do nothing with him is, is certainly an indictment on Brandon Staley. And I don't, I don't think there's any way he survives this. I, I really don't think – I mean, I guess if they won their last four games, they finish 9-8, and eight, somehow sneak into the playoffs and win a playoff game, maybe he keeps his job. I just don't see it happening. So, uh, to me, you don't, send, you don't send Justin Herbert out there with a broken finger on his throwing hand. Uh, you get him right. He's, he's your franchise. And if your franchise is ever going to make anything in the next few years, it's going to be because of Justin Herbert. Don't send that dude out there. It, 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 50% and, and get him more damaged. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the 49ers beat the Seahawks 28-16 as Brock Purdy throws for 368 yards and two scores. No the, Geno Smith in this one for Seattle. Is there any question about who the best team in the, in the NFL is? At Absolutely this point? not. And and I, I was going to tweet it out, and I didn't, but... It's like the only thing that we know for certain here after 14 weeks of the NFL is that the 49ers are the best team. Yeah, and listen, Christian McCaffrey, 145 rushing yards. Debo Samuel, like I guess some people had forgotten what kind of a weapon this dude is. If they forgot and they saw yesterday's game, they remember now. Like this is an explosive guy, and uh, he just changes what they could do on offense. And this was – this this game being a twelve point game, I, I don't know. I guess the 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 Niners scored late to make it a twelve point. Or they scored in the fourth quarter to make it a twelve point game. It just felt like they were dominating the whole game, even when it was like a a, a three point game or a five point game. I I felt like the Niners were in control, even when they, or in the first quarter when they were losing. I wasn't sweating it. I was like, oh, they, they're just they're having their way here. And uh, you know, I I'll give the I'll give the Seahawks credit. Um, Drew Locke. He did throw two picks, but probably looked better than I would have thought he did. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected him to look as good as he did. So um, it, it, this was a, a decent game for him, but the Seahawks, are they're just falling apart. Like This, this was a team that was hot early, and man, the league has kind of figured them out. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're playing with desperation against the Eagles next week, but I got a feeling the Eagles are going to be pretty desperate to get that one too. Uh, it's amazing, the 49ers, how good this team is when they're healthy. Yep. And Debo Samuel back now, full strength. I mean, McCaffrey, 145 yards. It's just, I don't know who's beating this team right now. Uh, the Vikings with a 3 nothing win over the Raiders. Uh, my under was pretty safe in that game, AJ. <laughs> I, 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 think you, yeah, I think you're okay. Um, yeah, I had friends in town who came in and, and stayed with me, and, and they went to the game. They're Vikings fans. Mm. And uh, they came back, and they were like, this is – this is the worst football game we've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and I, I was like, well, it could have been worse. You could have lost three to you nothing. Lost three to nothing. Exactly. <laughs> but, but boy, it was just, I mean, there was no excitement to be had in that game. And looks like Josh Dobbs has, has officially turned back into a pumpkin. Um, yep. they, they had at one point they had negative passing yards. Uh, I mean, this was, they didn't get to a hundred, a hundred passing yards in the game. Uh, the Vikings didn't. They they ended up with 99 yards passing. So uh, now they had five sacks, and that cost them 47 yards. Josh Dobbs got sacked five times mm-hmm. uh, in that game, but just a just a gross game. The, the offenses were both like you can't even say it was great defense. Like it, this this was just bad offense, and uh, that that's what led to a, a three nothing Vikings win, which all but seals the uh, the fate for the Raiders. Who you know it felt like maybe they had a shot after that Jets win but losing mm-hmm. three straight uh feels like they're they're you know playing for next year the Ravens thanks to a punt return in overtime beat the Rams 37 31 they do not cover the spread despite scoring the touchdown in OT so they only win by six as this was a much more competitive game than I think the Ravens thought that they were in for yeah no doubt um I'm telling you, the the Rams with a running back, and Kyron Williams is the truth. I, I think anybody who's seen him this year will agree. Uh, the, the Their offense is just different, and it opens things up for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is still a really good player. Uh, it, it's it's funny how the, the injured season made people just forget about him altogether, but he's still really good, and yesterday was a really good game for him. It was a really good game for Lamar Jackson as well, ran the ball well, threw the ball well, uh, and, and kept him in it, but it looked like early the the Rams were going to like it wasn't going to need overtime. They were just going to win the game. And mm-hmm. to the to the Ravens credit, they kept fighting, kept fighting. Um, and, you know, they they in overtime, the punt return, a 76 yard punt return uh, ends the game. And it was an, it was ended up being one of the more exciting games of the week, one of the more competitive games of the week. Oh, absolutely. Well, the Ravens are 10 and three, though. And how much are you considering them as legit contenders in the AFC? Because there was a time where, AJ, you said that this was the best team in, in in the league. Yeah, I still worry a little bit about not having Mark Andrews. And Isaiah likely well, nice Likely had a big day. Yeah, he's a nice piece, but he's not Mark Andrews. I mean, let's face it, it, it there's it, there's nobody who is. It's like Travis Kelsey and, and, and Mark Andrews. Um, but I, I still think this team defensively is is very good. Um, and then yesterday on offense, I, I thought they were, they were great. So, uh, next week, the next, the next two weeks are going to be big for the Ravens. Um, two road games at Jacksonville at the 49ers, Jacksonville, a team that they're, you know, fighting with another division leading team. Uh, and then that at 49ers to me is, is one of the best games of the season the, mm-hmm. the two, the, maybe the best team in the AFC versus the best team in the NFC it could very well be a, a Super Bowl preview. Um, so I, I'm stoked for that game, uh, on, on Christmas day. Do you know about the uh, 
conspiracy theory with the Super Bowl logo? I do not. So over the past couple of years, the Super Bowl logo had like the colors of the Super Bowl logo for the past like couple of years have actually indicated the teams that have participated in the uh. Super Bowls. So last year, the Super Bowl logo was uh, it was colored green and red, okay. which wound it wound up being the Chiefs and the Eagles. Sure. The year before that, it was yellow and orange, which wound up being the Bengals and the Rams. And this year, the Super Bowl logo here in Vegas is purple and red. And, oh. and the, the conspiracy theory is, you know, how the NFL is scripted, that it's going to just be it's that th- th- they're already telling us based on the Super Bowl logo that it's Ravens against the 49ers. Well, it's got to be true, then I'm for it's, it. It's 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 got to be true. It's in fact, be. in fact, it's it's one of those things where it, it became like the most bet exact matchup on like DraftKings and stuff like people oh, you know w- when all the when like all these videos like hit TikTok people are like oh wow it makes sense so like the most bet exact matchup has been the 49ers against the Ravens <laughs> now you guys are all going to be shocked when it's Chiefs Vikings that's a- <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, let's talk about the Jets. Zach Wilson. Oh, I don't want to play. Oh, yes, I do want to play. How about oh my 301 goodness, yards for Zach Wilson as the Jets demolish the Texans 30-6? to six? I, And uh, apparently the Jets just signed Zach Wilson to an eight-year extension off of that performance. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, this Zach Wilson needed that game. This was really an embarrassing game for the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, like to, to let Stroud, that ninety-one passing yards. Yeah. Well, listen. It's not. It's one thing to to have the Jets' defense shut you down. Yeah. I, I, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. To I mean, the Jets have made a bunch of really good quarterbacks look bad this year, but the Jets have not made defenses look as bad as they made the Texans' defense look. Uh, for Zach Wilson to throw for three hundred yards and and two touchdowns uh, is it's humiliating and for a team that prides themselves on defense uh, a coaching staff that prides themselves on defense it was a really low effort game and it came at a price too because now cj stroud concussed mm-hmm. um and no you know it's just not happening guys aren't playing the week after they get concussed so the texans who are you know in the fight they're, they're sitting at seven and six they're in the fight for a playoff spot uh if they're without their quarterback next week that's bad news so and and lost their receiver uh nico collins and they're already without tank dell like the weapons are getting banged up uh they've got two games left with the titans they've got the browns and they're at the colts so there's some winnable games there but it it doesn't feel winnable a if your defense plays the way it did yesterday and b if cj stroud's hurt where was this zach wilson all season you know if the jets offense (laughs) If the Jets offense just scored 20, if they just scored, let's say, 20 points per game, they would have three more wins than they have now. Yeah. They, they'd be an eight-win football team. If they scored yeah. 24 points per game, they'd be a nine-win football team. They scored 30 points yesterday. Like, that's that's playoff-type uh, performance there, but, you know, probably well, not going to be able to It's got to be extra it. frustrating when you see how good their defense can be. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like... Where was that effort against the Falcons a week ago? Mm-hmm. Where was that effort, you know, against the Chargers who nobody, nobody, the Chargers aren't beating anybody and somehow they beat the Jets. 
Um, and, and this ended up being a game they won, but where was that effort against the Giants? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, where was that effort against the Patriots? Like, looking back, that's probably the worst loss of the season was that the Jets yep. lost to the Patriots. So they, they had their chances, and they like if they start doing it now, all they're doing is messing up draft position. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, they, they probably do have a little confidence now going into the Dolphins next week. And um, I don't, I don't think they can beat the Dolphins, but I do think th- this defense is capable any given week of, of making a quarterback look bad sure. and the jets could absolutely slow down uh, Tua and company. Saints beat the Panthers 28 to six as Bryce Young and company could do nothing on offense. No, Bryce Young stinks, man. Um and the, the Saints offense wasn't good either. They, they got a defensive touchdown that kind of kind of opened the game up. But ugh, it, Bryce Young, it's like I, I don't remember the last time I saw a rookie quarterback, at least a, a, a prominent rookie quarterback, like a top five pick or whatever, who sitting here 13 games into his career, I was like, this guy can't play. And it sucks. I mean, I well, like- maybe – I mean, I mean, you could say David Carr, but he was just sacked so many times that he just he got he was just rocked. He got happy feet and everything. David Carr was better than what Bryce Young's been. Like he, yeah. David Carr wasn't great, but he like he looked like he knew how to play football. He was just mm-hmm. he was on an expansion team that didn't have any players. And it, yep. like, and not that the, the Panthers have a bunch of talent, but I mean, this is this is a lot of this is just QB and it's just bad bad QB play. It's too little. Uh, and, it's certainly possible that he that's the like the factor but this is another game where his qbr was you know barely in double digits um it's you can't play in the nfl like that like you you just can't and with the you know they're nine nine touchdowns nine picks uh which listen that's you're gonna throw some some picks as a rookie but you gotta make some plays happen too uh this was a guy who was thought to be a dual threat guy and he ran for 40 yards yesterday. He still hasn't run for a touchdown this season. Uh, and like you said, he's he's almost too little to run. Like, you, you feel scared rushing him. And he's now been sacked 48 times this season. This is uh, this is bad news, man. Bad news. Yeah, yep. And especially when the owner comes out and is like, oh, yeah, our plan was to trade up to two and take C.J. Stroud. Oh, man. Well, if you were going to trade up to take C.J. Stroud and you wound up trading up to one instead of two, why then just CJ take C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the Browns with a 31-27 win over the Jaguars. Joe Flacco throws for 311 yards and three touchdowns. The Browns officially naming Flacco the starter for the rest of the season. Surprisingly for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence started and played this game with the high ankle sprain. I can't believe Trevor Lawrence played this game. Ballsy. I thought it was so dumb of the Jags to have him out there uh, behind that offensive line. Uh, you know, with a bum bum wheel in bad weather uh, against that defense, just felt like you're asking for him to get hurt long term. Looks like he he came away okay, and he actually looked fine. I mean, but despite the three interceptions, yeah. Um, but if this felt the the final score is much closer than the game played. Like the Browns dominated this game, the Browns were the better team. Uh, and, and Joe Flacco, man. I, this this looks like vintage Joe Flacco. Maybe he just needed a little time off, or maybe the maybe the Jags defense is bad. But either way, this this Browns defense is going to keep them in every game, and they're you know they're it's kind of what I was saying about the Jets. Their defense is good enough. It's just how much offense can they get? And Joe Flacco's giving them enough offense right now. 
So they their their schedule is Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. I think the Browns are a playoff team. They're eight and five now. I think they're winning at least half those remaining games. They're going to win ten mm. games. It's a playoff team. I believe it. Uh, how what's your confidence level on the Jaguars? I mean, they, they should they should still be able to win the terrible division that they're in. They should, but I'm I'm really starting to see some cracks in this team and. It, the what we've seen them give up 34 points to Jake Browning and 31 points to Joe Flacco in consecutive weeks. That ain't good news when you've got Lamar Jackson uh, coming yeah. to town next week. So uh, their schedule is also pretty light after the Ravens. It's it's at Tampa, home Panthers, at Titans. They should make the playoffs. If they don't, I mean, it's a disaster. Uh, but I, I do think they're going to – I think they win that division. It helps that the – you know, the Texans and the Colts both lost yeah. yesterday as well. So that, that gave them – they didn't lose any ground. And it felt like, man, if the Jags lose, what, the Texans and, and the Colts, most most people thought both those teams were going to win. And mm-hmm. they didn't gain any ground. So Jags got to be happy about that. Yeah, Colts fell to the Bengals 34-14. This game earlier in the week was a pick em. Uh, before kickoff, AJ, it moved to Bengals minus three. So a lot of money came in on Cincinnati. And Jake Browning, for the second week in a row, looked good. Joe Mixon ran the ball well. Chase Brown, another breakout game for the backup rookie running back. And and this Bengals team now seven and six, starting to believe, AJ. Yeah, I don't know if I believe still. <laughs> um, just because I, I'm not sold that Jake Browning's that guy. But it's possible. And... Now they're going to have to earn it down the stretch. They get the Vikings next week, and then they've got three tough defenses to finish out the season at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and then home to Cleveland. It's not going to be easy for Jake Browning down the stretch. It won't be like playing the Jags and the Colts defense. Um, these are four, four of the most aggressive and, and the toughest defenses he's you know you could see. So we'll, we'll see if if Jake Browning still looks like uh, like the MVP that he's looked like the last two weeks. <laughs> um, but it, this is it's at least promising for the Bengals and this there's not one team in the in the AFC North that's sub 500 right now every team seven and six or better the Bears beat the Lions 28-13 good news and bad news for uh Detroit the bad news was that they lost but the good news is that they're done with the elements the rest of the season is all (laughs) indoors for the Detroit Lions home against the Broncos at the Vikings at the Cowboys and home against the Vikings, and then assuming they win the division, which is likely. Uh, the two games up on Minnesota, though, with two games left against Minnesota, so it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion. But if they do win the division, then they'll have a home game in the playoffs. So there's good news ahead for Detroit. They just, AJ, they can't play outdoors. This was the easiest handicap of the season. It's cold in Chicago. Jared Goff's playing outside. G- give me the Bears. And Goff looked so bad. Uh, it, one touchdown, two picks, you know, 36 QBR, just a, a disaster day for a guy who's had a really great season. Just couldn't hold, like his hands, I guess, don't work in the cold. He couldn't hold on to the football and he wears the glove. You know, yeah. Yeah. Justin Fields had a, a really good game, like, especially for Justin Fields standards or 2023 bears standards. Um, and the, the bears just hammered the football 30 carries, uh, almost five yards per carry. Justin Fields did not have a turnover. That's huge and, mm-hmm. and the, enough to get a win. The Bucks beat the Falcons 29-25. Desmond Ritter did throw for 347 yards. But, A.J., this guy still stinks. 
Yeah, this is bad. I mean, you're you're right. The numbers on the surface look pretty good, but you just you never feel like something good is coming for this guy and um turns the I, ball over at the worst times. It's just yeah, he holds the ball forever. Decisions. Um, and this Tampa team is not very good. Like this was a win the Falcons really needed to have uh, at home and couldn't get the job done. The Falcons didn't play well necessarily. And, um, you know, they, they give up a late touch. They look like the Falcons were going to win the game, you know, and they give up a late touchdown 30 seconds left in the game. They give up the lead and that was that, uh, but just a, a, a really rough performance for the Falcons in a spot where they, they needed something and Ritter just didn't give it to him. Like if, if you look at the stats, the, the Falcons outgained them 434 to 290. I mean, this was this shouldn't have been a close game, much less a game that the Falcons lost. So uh, inexcusable loss for Atlanta. And now you've got a log jam at the top of the NFC South. And one of these dog shit teams is going to win it. I don't know who, but <laughs> they're they're all the same to me. Like none of them are good. None of them have a chance to win a playoff game. Uh, but one of them is going to be in the playoffs. That's what we know. Absolutely. Well, we have two Monday night games tonight, and they're both being played at the same time. So it's I not hate a double it, header. Scott. I we hate got two it. Two games at the same time. We're gonna have to like bring you know let Scott Hansen do a red zone for for Monday <laughs> night, just going back and forth. Maybe ESPN does their own version or whatever. Maybe that's what the Manning cast will be. <laughs> uh, but you have the first game: Titans at the Dolphins. Miami a fourteen point favorite. Total of forty six and a half. That's a 14 is a lot, um, but we've talked about this with Miami. This is what they do. If, if you've got a weak team, they're going to run over you. Miami's certainly capable of putting up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they can do it here. I, it's not a, it's not a number I'm willing to lay, but it, it, I would certainly rather lay it than, than take points with the Titans. I, I think the Dolphins put up a big number. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins roll here. And, and, we, should, and, and we know that Tua, Tua when Tua's a double-digit favorite, he doesn't blow the lead. He doesn't do it. And if if the problem with these these two teams matching up stylistically is, if the Dolphins get up ten nothing, it really takes away the strength of the Titans, which is running the football. Like it's it's hard to run the football when you're chasing early, and if the if the Titans are chasing, that means Will Levis is going to throw the ball a lot, and I I want nothing to do with the Titans if I know Will Levis is going to throw the ball a lot. To a double digit favorite, six times in his career, six and zero straight up, four and two. ATS as a double-digit favorite. Uh, the second game, the Packers at the Giants and Green Bay, a six-point road favorite with a total of 37. I kind of like the Packers here. I, I think, you know, the DeVito story's been nice and cute, mm-hmm. but if the if the NFL draft happened tomorrow, the Giants would have the sixth pick, and their four wins have come against teams that would be picking ahead of them. <laughs> so it's the only teams that they've beaten are like the dregs of the NFL. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, they beat the Commanders twice, and they beat the Patriots. Like, I, the Packers aren't great, but the Packers aren't those teams. Like, to me, the, mm-hmm. the Packers are they're a respectable team. Uh, I, I think they should be able to win this game. I mean, the Giants have played even a couple games they lost. They played close. Like, they played the Buffalo game close. So they're not like... I don't think they're total garbage. I thought there was a time earlier in the season where the Giants were undervalued. I think now off back-to-back wins, they may be a little overvalued. And uh, I I would look to the Packers here. Yeah, Packers have won three straight, so you know they're playing with confidence right now. Uh, It's just a matter of which Jordan Love shows up because Jordan Love has been, you know, he's shown some flashes at times of being a really good quarterback. And then other times he's 
He's been a complete dud. So uh, which if the Jordan love of the past three weeks shows up, the Packers should have no problem winning this football game. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. AJ, it was a, a wild weekend in Major League Baseball as the Shohei Otani news ro- just rocked everybody. First off, we had the story leak that Otani was headed to Toronto to talk to the Blue Jays. Betters then flocked to sports books to bet the Blue Jays to win the World Series. The Blue Jays went from like 15 to 1 down to 8 to 1, 7 to 1. It was unbelievable. Uh, BetMGM said that on Friday, 85% of the money wagered on World Series futures was bet on the Toronto Blue Jays. Couple hours passed by. Turns out, wait a minute, Otani's at home. He's not on a flight to Toronto. Who reported this crap? And then Otani himself breaks the news, I'm signing with the Dodgers. 10 years, $700 million. That's more money, AJ, than the Arizona Coyotes hockey franchise is worth. Wow. Yeah, it it was, I guess at the end of the day, it's not surprising that he signed with the Dodgers. No, they were the favorites all along, and it was the the, the easiest decision for him to keep his home and stay in L.A., and just now he plays for the Dodgers, not the Angels. And you know something else that I thought about when I I read a story 
uh, I think on maybe Friday uh, or it may have been Saturday morning where they were talking about all the the media, the Japanese media that moved to L.A. to cover Otani Mm. and how they were all really nervous about having to move. And I was like, oh, I, I bet that weighs in with Otani. I'm not, not that it should, but I bet it does. I bet he's like, oh, I don't want to put all these people out. Like, he's probably very close with most of those people. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I wasn't surprised at all when he said I was a little surprised when I saw the years and the dollars. Um, yeah. that, that's an alarming number. But if anybody if anybody warrants it, it it's that guy who is, yeah, I mean, see, he's, I- a, he's two players in one. Yeah, I was not surprised at all because I, I felt the only team that he would go to would be a team that had a Japanese presence, which means like a, a Japanese player that he is comfortable with, that he has played with before. You know, maybe it was the Mets and signing with Kode Senga or if or go to a place it, like New York where he could still associate with Senga and whoever, but play for the Yankees who have, you know, a, a television deal in Japan who have a deal with the biggest, you know, newspaper in Japan who have, you know, players like Hideki Matsui in their history who can be, you know, uh, mentors to Shohei Otani. But if it wasn't going to be one of those teams that has a Japanese presence, it was going to be the Dodgers because he was going to stay where he is comfortable, where he's lived, where he can, you know, like I said, doesn't have to uproot his life, can have the same friends, the same media covering him. He doesn't have to change his life to now play for the Dodgers as opposed to the Angels. Now, he's not going to pitch this year. We know that he's yep. not going to pitch, but the doctor, uh, etriage, whatever arbitrage says that <laughs> he's going to be fine to swing at full strength at the start of training camp, uh, spring training this year. So he'll just be a DH for the Dodgers in year one, and then he'll pick up being a two way player once again in 2025. Yeah. And it, listen, it, this is, he want, we knew he wanted to compete. We knew he wanted to win. Obviously, the Dodgers have the kind of resources and the players that he thinks he's going to be able to win with. And also, some of this money is going to be deferred so they can stay competitive, competitive while yeah. paying his salary. So uh, I, I I don't think it was lip service when he talked about wanting to win. So he made a decision that get, felt like he felt like gave him the best chance. Yep. Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series plus 550 right now. Second favorite is the Braves at plus 700. Let, let me ask you, 10 years. $700 million. How many championships do the Dodgers have to win in order for this to be a success? If they two, win two. one, if they, I was going to, okay. So, if, so you're telling me if they win one world series in the next 10 years, it's not worth it. No, because if they win one world series in the next 10 years, that then they're paying off guys like Mookie Betts and Trey Turner and guys that they've already had that like uh, it paid a bunch of money to and, and haven't won enough yet with. So uh, I think if, if you look at this run where the Dodgers have been like the number one spending team over the like, you know, like a, a eight year span and they've mm-hmm. got one title to show for it. I, I feels like if you're going to keep spending money at that rate, you, you need, you need two in the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I'd say, yeah, they need two in order for this to be a success. Well, to no surprise as of a week ago, but maybe a surprise as of a few weeks ago, Jaden Daniels from LSU wins the Heisman Trophy, AJ. Uh, This is something that you and I discussed uh, for the past couple of weeks. And as of last week, we, you know, just kind of 
realized this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We accepted that this was going to happen. Yes. This was the fate. And uh, whether or not we thought, listen, everybody's got their own criteria. That's kind of the beauty of these voted on awards. Um, And if I had a vote, it would not have been for Jane Daniels. Not that I I think, I think he was probably the best player in the country, but I don't think it's as easy as just saying who's got the best stats. Let me give that guy the trophy. Um, I thought Michael Penix had a season that, that warranted uh, honoring, and that's where I would have voted. But I do think Jaden Handel- Daniels is a worthy Heisman. And uh, again, like, I, once Bo Nix lost, I kind of settled in and said, yeah, this is mm-hmm. this is the way it's going to go. Um, so no no big shock on the, uh, on the announcement for the Heisman. And for the second straight year, Army-Navy goes over, AJ. The safety at the end of the game makes it 17-11 army beating navy congratulations to you and your army uh vets thank you thank and you and the over 27 and a half hits you know i went back and just kept listening to our handicap on the game and we just both kept saying 27 and a half is such a stupid number you just you cannot bet an under 27 and a half you know what's crazy we were lucky to win yeah <laughs> to go over 27 and a half so uh, that's what it'll take though. But like you said, when you, when you play an under 27 and a half, nothing can go wrong. Like you, mm-hmm. it has to be perfect. And, um, you could tell I mean, like when, Ar- when army, look, they, there was a stop. There was a stop on fourth and one at the goal line. That could have been six extra points exactly. or seven extra points. Yeah. And instead they take the safety. It's like crazy, you know? Uh, so, but yeah, it, it was a well, well fought game. Good game. Um, I, I thought they were going to. I, I thought there was some bad breaks for Army there. Uh, I, I thought the one play where I, I thought they had a, cl- a clear, you know, they were clearly going to take over the ball at like the four-yard line, and they were like, nope. that. Mm-hmm. So off the muff punt, uh, which to me clearly yeah. hit that guy's leg. Yep, yep, I, yep. And that could have put it over. So there's a lot of things that, that – the, the over was the right side, I think, even though it got lucky to get there. And yes. Army was clearly the right side. They They felt like they were in control of that game the entire time. Yeah, I think if Lavatai plays the, the whole game, if he starts the game, maybe the first couple of drives end up differently for Navy. Because he played really well, I thought. Uh, certainly throwing the football in the second half, he, he was really good. Uh, but another Army-Navy game in the books. And with that, AJ, we turn our attention to bowl season, which will begin on Saturday. We have one, two, three, four, five, six games to break down for Saturday. And we will do that coming up this week on a special first bowl edition of the college football dream preview podcast so we got the myrtle beach bowl the new orleans bowl the cure bowl the new mexico bowl the la bowl and the independence bowl a lot of location bowls is what we have going on this saturday in the world of college basketball, some uh, some news about Jawan Howard, the head coach at Michigan, who is said to be, at least there's rumors, stepping down uh, as head coach at Michigan. Um, there are, again, differing reports, but there's some who say there's been a, a confrontation between Howard and another person on staff that became physical. There's been denials of that, uh, but either way, it looks like Phil Martelli is going to be taking over the program. Uh, although there's, there's doubts. Like they're saying that uh, Jalen Rose came out and said, he's not. Um, Jawan is, is recovering from a surgery. So like I said, different reports depends on who you believe. Um, John Rothstein said, Jawan Howard stepping down immediately. 
Jalen Rose says, and I'm guessing Jalen Rose has a, a pretty good inside source there, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, says he's enthusiastically hoping to return on December 16th. So weird questions going on uh, about Michigan's stand, status right now. And obviously um, there are, there's a, a, a lot that I don't know that it's going to matter much for this season. I don't know if Michigan is a, uh, if there's a, a, a factor, like they don't make the tournament or something, not sure. But it will have recruiting impact, certainly. Mm, absolutely. Elsewhere, Bronny James made his long-awaited debut on the college basketball court. Didn't go quite the way they hoped, though. Uh, Long Beach, 84-79 win over USC in overtime. Bronny James, one of three from the field. Uh, did have a nice chase down block. Looked uh, looked like dad running down a, a, an open layup and swatting it off the glass. Uh, but they do come up short. USC 84-79 in Bronny's debut. Hard to take away much of it, but it's just good to see him on the court. Uh, obviously, they, uh, he and Isaiah Collier were supposed to be like the, the two of the top freshman recruits in the country playing on the floor together. We got to see a little bit of it last night. So uh, hopefully as he continues to to play himself into game shape, uh, that we see more of an impact from him, but a disappointing start, at least for the uh, the Bronny James era at USC. So how many points did he score? Four points. Listen, more points than his father ever scored in college. <laughs> two upsets in the top 25 yesterday. Two games, two upsets. Colorado got a 90-63 to win over number 15 Miami uh, up in the NABC Brooklyn Showcase. And Memphis, 81-75 win at Texas A&M, uh, number 21 Texas A&M. So a big win for Memphis. As far as the top 25 in action today, this is a really slow week for college basketball. Uh, but Gonzaga hosting Mississippi Valley State, 0-9 Mississippi Valley State. Scott, guess the line. 30. Close. 39 and a half. 39 uh, and a what? half is it's, what we were it's not a play. For. It's not a play for me. You know, <laughs> at 30, it would have been a play. If you, can buy, if you can buy to 39, you, you, can, okay. you can consider it. So, uh, yeah, should be some, uh, some, some fun action up there in Spokane tonight. LeBron James and the Lakers won the NBA in-season tournament. Never a doubt, AJ. It's, it's like we said. This is something that LeBron and the Lakers would win. Congratulations, just, you know, spray the champagne for nothing, <laughs> for winning a regular season game. I mean, is it because LeBron won it and the Lakers won it that we're saying it like that? Or had anyone else won it, would we be giving them at least some credit? I, probably. Yeah, I guess so. But I, it does feel like it's just like... I don't want to say it's fixed. It just feels like it's so obvious that LeBron and the Lakers were going to win this thing, you know? Like, of course, LeBron wins the first ever in-season tournament. And now he's the GOAT because Jordan never won an in-season tournament. Uh, yeah, yeah. Show me on the resume. Where's where's Jordan got that? Zero, zero to one. Zero in-season tournament. Zero in-season tournament MVPs. LeBron's got that over him. and and LeBron, And that'll never change. Never, ever change. Uh, no games yesterday in the association. The league is back in action tonight. Let me ask you about the Pacers. So they lose on Saturday in Vegas in the championship to the Lakers. Is there now a hangover effect as they go to Detroit 
and play a Pistons team that has lost 19 in a row. I, I think there probably is. Like, there's got to be a letdown of going from that game. That, like, I mean, you mentioned reasons why it probably mattered a lot to them. Uh, and it also some unexpected travel, you know, going in and playing the game in Vegas and then having to go up there. I do think there's probably a little bit of a hangover, a little Vegas flu maybe. That said, I'm certainly not in the business of backing the Pistons right now. Yeah, Pacers six-and-a-half-point favorites. And, again, Detroit has lost 19 straight games. Also streaking the San Antonio Spurs, who have lost 16 straight games, and they will be at the Rockets. Houston, eight-and-a-half-point favorites, AJ. Yeah, the Rockets have won a couple games in a row, playing with some confidence. The Spurs, I mean, these were two teams who, at the beginning of the year, we would have expected them both to be terrible. The Rockets haven't been terrible. The Spurs have lived up to the billing. They're terrible. Uh, and the Rockets, 9-1 and one at home. They have been very, very good at home. So, if anything, I, I lean to the Rockets here. Timberwolves have won six straight games. They're at the Pelicans. New Orleans, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Do they make it seven straight? <laughs> That's surprising to me. Uh, again, I, I would have thought that, like you said, the Timberwolves' best team in the Western Conference and the Pelicans coming off the, the the Vegas trip, maybe there's a an opportunity here to buy on the on the T Wolves. I'm surprised to see them as a uh, three and a half point favorite here. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, full slate of NBA action for tonight. Just four games on the ice tonight. The Coyotes are at the Sabers. Buffalo minus one thirty favorites. Maple Leafs at the Islanders. Toronto minus one twenty five. Red Wings at the Stars. Dallas minus two ten. Patrick Kane scored. Uh, a goal for the Red Wings in over the weekend. So he fi- he got his first goal as a member of the Red Wings. And the Flames are at the Avalanche, Colorado minus 175. I should mention in that Red Wings game that they lost uh, over the weekend, they lost their, um, their captain, Dylan Larkin, who took a, a big hit. And actually the NHL is going to, uh, you know, get involved or examine what, what's going on here because there was – couple of things that uh, that happened in that game. Uh, first off, it was Artem Zub who hit Dylan Larkin. And then the Red Wings, David Perron, like reacted to seeing his captain and his teammate get laid out. And he went after Artem Zub and cross-checked him. So now actually he's going to be, you know, going to the NHL for uh, a little disciplinary action. So it was just a, a crazy sequence there between the senators and the red wings unfortunately it leapt it, it led led to dylan larkin laying motionless on the ice and then having to be helped out but perron with a hit to the head of artem zub in retaliation the nhl is not going to tolerate behavior like that so we'll see what happens disciplinary wise with the red wings but regardless they are big time dogs tonight as they uh, hit the road to take on the stars You guys, make sure you head to pregame.com. This is your last chance to use the promo codes that we gave out last week in honor of the Army-Navy game. So you can take $15 off at pregame.com using one of our promo codes, either Army-15 or Navy-15. So if you used one, use the other. Army-15 or Navy-15. Either one of those promo codes will get you $15 off at pregame.com if you have a choice i'd I'd use army like it's just you probably feel more like a winner they won the game yeah Yeah, it makes sense for aj hoffman i'm scott seidenberg we are straight out of vegas hey yeah